Hello, hello, welcome to Marcus and Eric Learn Stuff from Smarter People. I'm Marcus Monroe. And I'm Eric Newman. And I'm Marcus Monroe. I'm Eric Newman. And today we're here with Micah Burns, who is a rock star real estate agent uh, living in New York City, selling those those New York City properties. We're going to learn all about real estate. Hell yeah, we are. I don't know a whole lot about it. I bought my first property this past February. I remember that. It was exciting. How does it feel? Well, I, I bought a condo in a state I don't even live in. So it's- Micah would never say- sell something new in that state, dude. Not at all. Micah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Basically, why isn't it called Fake Estate? What? (laughs) (laughs) That's why we brought you on, to answer that very important philosophical question. Why isn't it called Fake Estate? Someone answer me this. Why is it real estate, not fake estate? Uh, No. Uh, Micah, how long have you been in the game, in the real estate business? I've been in real estate since 2010, and I started my uh, career in Dallas, Texas. Dallas. Nice. So the properties in Dallas must be a lot bigger, a lot more room than in New York City, and they probably they're probably reasonably priced. And you know, New York City is not good. You can get a six thousand square foot uh, home for under a million. Amazing. That like that's like too much to even comprehend. I know. I, it like, took us I, a second. There was a, there was there seemed like there was a, del- a delay there, but really I was like, wait, six hundred thousand square feet. Okay, how, that's like three of my or six of my apartments plus. Uh, for how much? Plus six of mine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's insane. That's incredible. So real estate is something that I've never really been able to understand. How the market changes. How why is there demand and there's not? Why the bubbles? I I never understood that. I understood it all, but you can explain it to him. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so let's start at the basic. What what actually got you interested in in working in real estate? You know, it's something that uh, I I always as an as somebody that likes to invest and like. That was um, kind of grew up with that. My my mom was a real estate agent. It runs in the family. Is she so proud of you? She is proud of me. I mean, you come from a big family. Yeah. So does anyone else? Any of your siblings? Do they do real estate? Or are you the only one? All the rest of my brothers are in film. They're in does, film. does this mean you're your mother's favorite child? You must be. I think I am. But yes. I might be a <laughs> good. I like you better than your siblings already. Thank yeah, you. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Very likable. You're yeah, very likable. Uh, so you started uh, because your mom was doing it. You were like, "Hey, this is looks like a fun fun gig." Yeah, it was it was a good transition for me out of college. Sure. I, I was uh, I actually worked fine dining, and I transitioned a lot of my. Uh, my my customers regulars into into real estate clients. Whoa! It's amazing how you could work at a restaurant. No, really, but you work at a restaurant, man. You really get the tools to be able to do so many things. Also, fine dining. It's all about connections, right? You're meeting people. It's all about those experiences. So when you have a, a rolodex of people that have money who can ex- who can enjoy fine dining, then you're going to be like, hey, I got a property for sale. That's actually pretty smart. So so when did you graduate? Uh, Two thousand six. What was your GPA? Oh gosh! I'm not <laughs> sure. What were your SATs to get you into the school? No, uh, <laughs> what's your blood uh, type? <laughs> so okay, so you graduated from where? Dallas Baptist University. Okay, very cool. Jewish school. School. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, what was your first job at a college? Was your first internship? What 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 did you? How'd you start? So I, I I was working my way all the way through college doing fine dining, and I actually was uh, doing quite well doing that, and it helped open a couple restaurants in La Jolla and and Boca Raton, and and then I just. It was right there, 2007, 2008, when jobs were hard to find, and my transition was right into real estate. Dang. And what was your first job uh, in real estate? You know, when you're in real estate you, and you first get in, you're, you're just running around and, and, you know, trying to help other agents and, and picking up the s- smallest leases. So I was doing like, you know, $500 leases and, 
you know, just hustling wherever I could. Man, so, which is which is the way to do it, right? I think, right? And so, w- was there like a mentor, somebody you met immediately besides your mom, that uh, that sort of like helped pave the way for you, showed you the ropes? Yeah, sure. I had a, a mutual friend, and she happened to be in the same office that I was. I knew her before m- moving into the office, and she was kind of my mentor for for uh, for at least six months. Talk to me ab- about some of these crazy Dallas properties, because I'm sure you've seen some insane mansions in Dallas. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, the sky's the limit there. So, I mean, if, if you're spending 10 or 15 million, you're getting acres and acres and, you know, whatever you want. I mean, uh, tennis courts, pools, basketball, you know, gyms, different things like that. So, And who are these people buying these types of properties? Good question. Mark <laughs> That's Cuban. That's what I want to know. Mark, Mark Cuban, Cuban. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Mark. It, it's a lot of old oil money in, in, in Dallas. So, But did you ever deal with any of the Mavericks? Speaking of Cuban, Mark Cuban? I did, actually. Did you really? Yeah, so I, I represented two Mavericks, two Dallas Mavericks. and uh, Who are they? Are you allowed to say? Yeah, I guess it'd be or, fine. Or what What are their names rhyme with? Herc Babitsky. Yeah. <laughs> One of them was a was a guy I went to school with, Chris Kamen. Yeah, and, I know uh, Chris. Okay. Yeah, you know Chris. And I don't know him personally. Well, you sound I like you did. He is. Sound like you knew Chris. I don't know Chris. Introduce me. And the other one might be the GM of the 76ers now. The GM of the Sixers. I don't know. Who, can they you just, tell? Give us a hint. Who is that? I mean, you can tell us because I could just Google it in one second. <laughs> Elton Brand. He's a very nice guy. Oh, Elton Brand is the GM of the Sixers. No, no. More importantly, Micah's his real estate guy. Wait, hold on. I just found out too much information. I'm flooded with information right now. Yeah. I didn't know Elton Brand was the GM of the Sixers. Well, he might be. Wow. And Micah represented him. That's amazing. Okay. So did did these both these guys? Did you were you able to find them properties? I was. They both wow. they both came in on a one year deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, found Chris Chris property first, and then. Um, he, he connected me with Elton. What? So you're like the, the Mavericks real estate guy. Well, it was funny because during that time, like everybody's trying, you know, if, if, if you want to represent sports people, everybody's trying to get a piece of them, right? Sure. So I had this, this agent call me and she goes, Mark gave me your number. He wanted me wait, to reach wait, out Mark, to you. I'm like, Mark Cuban? Mark, tell him to call me. <laughs> yeah. Like, Mark Cuban? Mark has my number? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. That's incredible. <laughs> so it was, it was kind of fun to be in that, you know, in that kind of realm of helping some sports players and stuff like that. But both of them uh, did a lease. And then neither got renewed. So I mean, Chris Kamen was definitely on the Mavs for a while, but I think Elton Brand did one year, didn't he? he was did. he only one year in Dallas? Yeah, he came from Philadelphia, went to Dallas, and then I think he went off to Atlanta. Cool. And did you then recommend him to somebody in Atlanta when he left? Like, how do you? My mom. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. So your mom ended up working with him when he moved to Atlanta. It didn't end up working out, but yeah, she they connected. Yeah. Crazy, so, man. It, wow. it, was, it was fun to see the whole dynamic between, you know, um, so there's a lot of layers there. So I was communicating a lot with, with his agent in LA and everything would go through them and they would come back and try to negotiate with me. But the whole, the whole process was really interesting. Are there real estate agents that specifically handle athletes if you don't sweat during your job i'm not going to sell you a house <laughs> if you don't play with a ball during the day there's no way you're looking at this mansion there there are a couple here in the city and in and, and dallas as well that they kind of have a niche of just working with sports sports people where are you right now like wh- who do you who do you mainly work with are you well you he, i mean i let's just back up just a quick second because you're making all these connections in dallas right i went too far you know it's a great it's a great setup because you're in dallas then you decide to move to new york city where you 
probably don't know as many people as you do in Dallas. So it's kind of like, you know, you're like at a new school almost, new school vibes. Yeah, I mean, real estate is all about your network, right? Exactly. And so, so I, I built this great network in, in Dallas and literally is like starting from ground ground zero here. So when you when you got here, what did you do? Because now you're one of the most connected people I know. Sure. In New York City, you've only been here since 2017. Yeah. So how do you, yeah, how did that, how did that happen? Um, well, initially I, I, when I was in Dallas, I was by myself, I was solo agent. But when I came here, I was like, listen, I have to, I have to find a team. I have to figure out what's going on. And, and, uh, so I joined one of the biggest firms, Corcoran. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and the lady I joined, um, got rid of all of her, her team members and it was just me. And I was brand new to the city and 16 listings and, she she went on vaca- two weeks after I joined. She went on vacation for for two weeks to Russia. So I'm literally I don't know these clients. Wow! So, just, you were like I have to have a team, and she was like, No, I want him to be alone. <laughs> Let's Dang. see if you can swim. Wow! <laughs> yeah. Now, why did she get rid of her team? I, I don't know what all the reasons were. I didn't really know any of them. So, uh, but I guess. But literally scrapped it from start, right? If we're gonna use a sports analogy, we say uh, get rid of the old guys, slowly build. Yep. So my my first showing with them. was was at uh, 56 Leonard, which is the Jenga building downtown. The Jenga building's great. Which is a, which is a fun one. And uh, 3,000 square foot. So 1,000 square feet for 3 million, not oh. a bad deal. And that, you sold that? Yep, that was my, my that first was, sale with that them. Was, that was your first sale in, wow, that's incredible. And I'm sure you've seen some insane apartments in New York. Can you talk about any of the craziest ones that you've seen? I can tell you some funny stories. Please. Yeah. So there's this unit at the Platinum, which is right over by Times Square. And uh, we went in, we, we had these investors and we were showing them, we should probably showed them 90 properties and they were a lot of fun. We would, a lot of times we, you know, when we went into the mini level, we would play ping pong or whatever, just kind of have fun with them. But this particular unit, we walked in and there's a half bath right when you walk in, turned on the light, we're with the showing agent. There's literally a mold on right, like eye, eye level of a vagina. And I assume that it was the owner's vagina oh but she wanted everybody to see how perfect it was <laughs> what <laughs> wait what's the address to this? <laughs> we're making a field trip <laughs> that's hilarious so she didn't take it down for a showing no that's that's, she, that's the oddest thing was it there like, only for the showing you think as a no. little joke it's just always there think she was very proud of it did you touch it or finger it or any of that oh my god <laughs> what micah do you get strange requests or demands from your NYC clients, from the, the picky ones. I only want a property if it has X, Y, Z, but like weird requests. If it has a vagina in the foyer. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, most most clients build some type of criteria, and the more we look at, sometimes you narrow it down. I'm trying to think of any, I don't, I can't think of any like odd request offhand. But is there anybody who who's the person or family that you've sold the most amount of property to you don't have to name who the person is but just how many no i i you know the nice thing is and and my my business is solely run on on um referrals like i I don't do a whole lot of marketing but um i've had some really nice uh champions in in dallas and and in new york city that have really kind of leveraged my business uh so there is you know there's a couple people that are repeat customers um, you know, and the great thing for me is the rewarding thing is to see them purchase one and then we sell it and they make money and they keep rolling that over. And I've seen a guy in Dallas go from $300,000 home to like 1.5. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. 
just on just on real estate deals. So r- right now it is the summer. It's on. It's July first when we're recording this podcast. They say right now that it's incredibly hard to buy a house. People are are putting down offers in in certain areas, certain states. For in, in California, in Los Angeles, in New York, in Brooklyn, I know is hot right now. For there, are pe- like so much more over asking. People are paying hundreds of thousand dollars more than asking. What is that, and why is that, and will it ever go back to the way it was? Sure, eventually it will. You know, it's, it's supply and demand, and uh, there's there's a huge push for Brooklyn right now because you're getting a little bit more for your money. A lot of people, you know. Post pandemic, or, or but you're not really getting more for your money if then you have to pay a hundred thousand dollars over asking. Then it's just like, no, nah, I'm getting less for my money, right? Does anyone know? Just me? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's kind of that you know everybody wants it, so you want it as well. Sure. Um, so it's that it's that competition. I'm I'm not seeing I'm not seeing things going a hundred thousand over ask, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, maybe a couple percent percentage points over ask. So you know, yeah. I, I just had I just had one where we went twenty thousand over ask and got the wow. deal. How much better and, – and it's like I, I assume it's like anything else where it's just the more you do it, the more you sort of just naturally get better at it. But how much more confident or how much better are you strategy-wise when showing properties than you were 10 years ago? A lot better. And is there a specific like – Yeah, you got to put on a show almost, right? You're like – you're almost performing. No, I would actually think he would become less of a performer and sort of more just feeling it. I mean, what, what, what do you oh, tell us? Yeah, well, let's ask yeah. the man. You know, I, I lean towards buyers. I, that's that's who I like to represent uh, because, you know, it's it's about the chase and finding – and especially in this market, you know um, – Figuring out ways to either find a discount or if, if we're in a very competitive market, a way to win the property. So, for example, I just had, um, you know, a client in Brooklyn and then we were up against nine offers. And so it's like, how do you differentiate yourself from these nine offers? You were nine nine offers to him, to the, to the person. I, I was representing a buyer that was interested in a property and there was nine other offers. And so I had a friend who who wanted to buy a house in Los Angeles and he had he was in the same position. He was one of a dozen people wanting this property. So him and his his wife had to write a letter saying who they are, you know, how much this property will mean to them. How they're going to like, is that a thing in New York as well? I I would say nationwide. Oh, shoot. I I did that in Dallas as well. But I I know that people are probably listening from all over the country. So, uh, you know, a couple tips would be, yeah, write, write a personal letter about, you know, why you like the neighborhood, a little bit about yourself, your background, uh, something that would just, you know, differentiate yourself. Second is um, have your lender reach out to the, to the listing agent and tell them how qualified you are, because that, speaks volumes as well. I mean, the, the whole thing about uh, buying and selling, a seller wants to go with, with the buyer that uh, presents the least amount of risk. So that's that's a really important thing. Uh, third is I always ask the listing agent, um, is there anything that the seller prefers? So a lot of times, you, you usually you don't find much, but sometimes they'll say, well, they want to move out this time or they'd like a lease back or you know they want to keep this piece of furniture or this light or whatever. Any of those little things that you, any nuance that you can find that, that might make the seller more inclined to pick your offer, those are the type of things. So Also, you were in the middle of telling us the story about uh, how there's someone in Brooklyn, you had a client in Brooklyn who... Yes, yes. so going back to that, we were up against nine offers and um, I did a couple of those things. I have a couple more that, you know, uh, help us win, win deals and... Uh, we actually we got the deal. We went. We we, we did go twenty thousand over asking, but uh, the agent said, "Listen, great buyer." So we reinforced who the buyer was to the seller, 
And he said, uh, you know, you guys, you guys actually were not the top offer, but we took yours anyways. Wow. That's and that's based on reputation and a, a variety on, of factors, right? Yeah. In our business, we, we want to work with other agents that have done done good business. So if you can also present that, that, that gives you a lot of confidence that you'll get to the end, you know? So, yeah, so it was, it was uh, you know, th- those are the type of rewarding situations where we can go in and, and really uh, secure something for somebody that somebody else might not have been able to. Michael, what neighborhood in NYC would you say, would you recommend buyers to uh, invest in? Is there a certain neighborhood that's that's popping off right now that, that you see the trends leaning towards that being the hot spot to, to, to be in? If you want to be speculative, I mean, I think the Hudson Square area, which is just north of Tribeca, is going to be very, very popular in a couple of years. So you got Google and ABC Studios and all of them are moving down there. That's like West Village, right? It's south of the West Village, yeah. yeah. I mean, that that's that's a good area to put some money into depending on your price range. You know, I mean, it really depends on uh, if you're just looking for an investment or if you're – the Midtown area is, is seeing the biggest discount in Manhattan right now. So, yeah. Will the Upper East Side ever be cool? We're, we're Eric and I are both <laughs> Upper East Side people, as you know. I, I love the Upper East Side. Hey, the Upper East Side has got a speakeasy too. It does? Oh, does it? In an yeah. ice cream shop, yeah. yeah. Oh, Right, I didn't right know that. My, right by my apartment. Oh, we gotta go there. We can go there. Yeah, let's do it. The three, the four of us will go there. You know, S- Second Avenue really opened up the whole Upper East Side, and I think I think we're just seeing the effects of that, and gonna continue to see the effects of that. So yeah, I think a lot of young people are attracted to. Where do you see yourself being in ten years? It's a good question. Hopefully, still doing this Damn. podcast with us. <laughs> let's just let's just keep going. Let's do this ten years. I, th- I think for a lot of real estate agents, it's about investing in properties as well, and and being able to kind of leverage that. For me, I'd like to continue to grow my business as as my business grows. My clients, you know, typically end up moving up, and you know the the deals get bigger. But you know, I'd, I'd really like to invest. My wife's an interior designer, uh, so we could you know do the. Uh, Chip and Jojo thing or whatever. Do you have any uh, advice for those people who are listening who might want to get into real estate? Sure. Don't quit your day job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's 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 rough at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, the beginning's how long? I would say the first year. Okay. That. Oh my God. Stand up comedy. It's like it's rough in the beginning. The first decade. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Hundred percent. No, but it's it's very rewarding. So you you have to be self motivated. You have to you know really like to work with people and interact and, and know how to do that. You know you you basically set your own your own schedule and which is great. You self discipline. You know right. You get as much as you put in and sure. uh, which is which is awesome. Yeah. So you'd say only for those really ambitious uh, driven folks. Sure. If if right? you if you have a good network, if if you're ambitious, you know, and and I think communication is obviously a big thing in probably any any business, but particularly in in real estate, it's it's all about communication and negotiation and, you know, making sure that you uh stay on top of all your deals. So, what about advice for people who are looking to buy properties in in the city, in New York specifically? So, New York is a different animal than mostly anywhere else in the country. You really have to be buttoned up financially, so I would say, you know, you have to have, have at least 20 or 25% just to uh, for a down payment. And plus, the buildings are looking for um, uh, 24 months of post-closing liquidity. So, you know, if you're buying property that, let's just say, is, you know, 3000 a month, you have to have almost 100000 in in your bank after you close just to be able to uh, show that you're financially qualified. So, you really do uh, be prepared. In any market, I, I tell people, you know, if you're looking at purchasing, call your lender like, six months before you're purchasing so they can tell you exactly where you're at because there may be things on your credit that you can 
fixed before you purchase and might help improve your uh, interest rate. So I'm not going to make that cliche joke. Can you like give me a property or whatever? But uh, can I stay at your place? At my place? Yeah. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> you have a great rent stabilized apartment. You have a two bedroom and yeah, a luxury it's building. It's as nice as his apartment, I'm sure. Dude. Uh, Micah's apartment is very nice, but your apartment is very nice too. Um, Another thing I want to mention there, because I think there's a lot of misconception, and I know we're at the end, but um, you know the commissions are already built in. So whether you go directly to a se- uh, seller's agent or if you use me, it's the same. You're not losing anything. So. My job is to represent you and make sure that you get the best deal and tell you what the market stats are so that you're you're getting the best deal. And I, I will say, I, I've known Micah for a, a few years. We, we're good friends. And there's a lot of shady real estate people out there, people who do the whole bait and, bait and switch in New York that's very popular. Micah's not one of those dudes. He's a good guy. So if you are in New York City, you want to buy a property, you want to rent a property, check out Micah Burns uh, working with, uh, through Compass. He's a great guy. Great guy, even better properties. <laughs> is that is, is that a thing? No. Come Stan, on. That kind of hurts, bro. Why? Because you're saying his properties are better than he uh, is. Oh, uh, yeah. You're right. Oh, no. Oh, no. You idiot. All right. All right. Come for the, uh, come for the conversation. Stay for the properties. Yes. There, there you we go. go. All right. Micah Burns. Thank you so much. Micah, thanks so much, man. Thank you guys for having me. Marcus, what did you learn about real estate? Man, I, I learned a lot. I learned that the Upper East Side is probably never going to be the hotspot of Manhattan that you and I hope it is. But how about you, Eric? What did you learn from Micah? I might never make enough money to buy something from him. You might. If this podcast takes off, I think the, we could use our podcasting money and buy a spot together with Hell Micah's yeah. help. He'll be our buyer agent. I love that. Let's do it. Thanks so much, guys, for listening to another exciting episode of Marcus and Eric Learn Stuff from Smarter People. Tune in next time. Hey babies, it is me, the self-appointed commissioner of comedy, James Matter. I just want to tell you that every week I'll be wherever you listen to podcasts with my show, The Commissioner of Comedy. I've been doing this, babies, for almost 20 years, grinding up and down, and I'm here to convey it to you about the do's and don'ts of the comedy scene, the proper etiquette, the unwritten rules, if you will. Whether you're just a fan, or you're a young buck starting out, a grizzled old vet, or just someone who wants to peek behind the curtain and see how the sausage gets made, tune into the podcast, The Commissioner of comedy this is what it's about it's only on paper house network and it's for you babies it's for you 